0: Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we aim to inspire you, to connect you with like-minded colleagues, to innovate and push you out of your comfort zone, to create robust debate, to encourage lifelong learning, and to empower you to create more impact as a dietitian.
1: I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where you're listening today. I'm recording this from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are listening to us today. So welcome to our Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm Jane Winter from Dietitian Connection, and I'm an accredited practicing dietitian. Today's podcast episode is supported by Australian Eggs. The podcast is not and is not intended to be medical advice, which should be tailored to your individual circumstances. This podcast is for your information only, and we advise that you exercise your own judgment before deciding to use the information provided. Professional medical advice should be obtained before taking action. Okay, so on to our podcast today. I think as dietitians and most of the population know, nutrition is integral to a healthy pregnancy and breastfeeding journey. Recently, there's been some spotlight move to the important role of a a kind of a lesser known nutrient, choline, in pregnancy. New peer-reviewed research commissioned by Australian Eggs and undertaken by the South Australian Health and Medical Research Institute found that choline intake can easily be increased during pregnancy with the addition of just an extra egg a day. Today, I'm really pleased to be talking to Dr. Joanna McMillan to learn more about this special nutrient and how eggs can help pregnant women meet their choline needs. Now, as probably all of you know, Joanna's become one of Australia's favourite and best-known nutrition and lifestyle specialists. She's a PhD-qualified nutrition scientist accredited practicing dietitian, adjunct senior research fellow with La Trobe University, guest lecturer at the University of Sydney, and a fellow of the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. She's a keynote and TEDx speaker, which sees her traveling internationally. She's a popular health presenter and a regular on television and radio for almost 20 years. Joanna's an accomplished author of eight books and has written and narrated a series of audible originals, including Mindful, What to Eat for a Better Brain, which was released just in May this year. So welcome back to one of our Dietitian Connection podcasts, Joe. Nice to have you.
2: Thanks, Jane. It's always a pleasure to be here chatting with you.
1: So on the topic today, nutrition and pregnancy, can you sort of give us in a, a nutshell what the, the latest is on nutrition and pregnancy?
2: yeah well, this is what 's so interesting. you know way back when I was first um, studying as a dietitian, we learned all about the Barker hypothesis and that sort of idea of 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 what happens in fetal life right from those very early um, days, actually having an impact not just on infant cognition and development and so on but actually having effects on chronic um disease and and health throughout the lifespan so so we know that this kind of programming that goes on while the baby's still in the womb is really really important and that evidence has built over then and so recent evidence now is is highlighting a little bit more it's like we're we're delving a little bit deeper to understanding we of course have known for a long time about folate's important role for example in helping to prevent neural tube defects now we're starting to see that actually there's a whole load of other nutrients including choline that's the the main topic of our discussion today being required for that neural development for the neural tube development and especially for the brain uh, development so you know these are nutrients that we understand are important for that development of the child for the the infant but we you know we're only starting to uncover what the long-term implications are so you know now more than ever before we understand that pregnancy and breastfeeding um, as well as then the life of the child in those early years is, is absolutely key. Uh, what, what I think what's great though for dietitians is that this is a highly motivated group of women mm. uh, so it's a really nice group of women to work with you know that I think uh, most dietitians who have worked with all age groups would agree on this that you know pregnancy is such a good time to intervene in talking about uh, good nutrition not just for their, their growing infant but also for themselves you know it's a sort of really key tipping point in women's life So, th- so this is a great group of women to get involved with
1: Yeah. And I guess, you know, a lot of the nutrients that we've heard a lot about um, over the years uh, include iron, folate, vitamin D, as you say, calcium. Um, But choline hasn't had much attention on it. And and in fact, probably a lot of even dietitians don't really know uh, what it does um, or what role it plays. Can you kind of give us a bit more of a story about choline?
2: Yeah, well, I think, you know, it, it wasn't actually officially recognized as an essential nutrient until I think it was the US Institute of Medicine um, in the late 1990s when it was, it was sort of finally understood as being an essential nutrient. And part of the reason for that is that our liver actually does create some choline but it can't produce enough for our needs so we need to get some in diet so it's kind of interesting it's one of those those nutrients that you know technically isn't a vitamin in that we don't make any of ourselves but you know it does become essential because we can't make enough and, it, and our requirements are increased during pregnancy and especially during breastfeeding when you're needing choline for yourself, but also choline to go into the breast milk to, to feed the the infant. So the, the 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 requirements, which we'll come back to talking a little bit more about those requirements, they're actually increased more in in pregnancy and in breastfeeding. So what's it what's it used for? Well, we we know that it's it's required to make the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. So that's in one way that it's involved, but it also plays. Um, I mentioned the neural tube defects. It plays a role in in that uh, neural tube development um, in utero. It's important for brain and the spinal cord development, but it also plays a role in the health of mum. So the health of the placenta, and it's got an involvement in all sorts of of other areas of, of, I mean, my big area of interest at the moment is the brain. Um, And in doing the research for my Mindful book, I uncovered all this research around choline's involvement in memory and cognition. And so it's got a role in that brain, development in the infant but also for mum in terms of making sure that her brain health is, is um, included. So is really recognised as one of those very essential nutrients for the brain and I certainly put it in my top six or so nutrients that the brain requires. Um, we know that of course the brain also requires folate, it requires other B-group vitamins. B-group vitamins are really important for the brain throughout life so is iodine, so is iron, vitamin D that you mentioned. Of course, the omega-3 fats, especially DHA. Um, so that's what's, what's the sort of package of nutrients that we start seeing as being especially important for that infant brain development. But, but continued, um, uh, you know, right into old age, really, these nutrients are needed.
1: So when, um, diet- as dietitians, we might be seeing um, pregnant women as our patients, um, and but choline's probably not something that is necessarily high on your list of things that you check off, um, iron, calcium, all those ones that we've just talked about are, yeah. do we know much about whether pregnant women are actually getting enough choline in their diets?
2: Well, that's what this recent research has uncovered. And this is research that that, um, uh, is Australian, so it's very specific for Australian women. Um, And what the research is showing, it was a peer-reviewed research. It's been, uh, you know, Australian eggs provided the funding for it, but it was carried out um, by the South Australian Health and Medical Research Institute. Um, And so they've undertaken this and and it helps us to understand exactly what the intake is of choline in pregnant and breastfeeding women, um, and and where we need to get to, and what's a little bit alarming is that most pregnant women are falling way short of the what's considered the an adequate intake. So we don't have an RDI in our NHMRC recommendations. The recommendation for, or for the um, what's considered an adequate intake, the AI, is about 440 milligrams for pregnant women, and it rises to 550 milligrams uh, for lactating women. So during breastfeeding, so and and most women are are are, are taking in somewhere in the region of 250. To maximum 400. So the average is way short and and that's the bottom line. So, you know, the the stats they've come up with are 99% of pregnant and breastfeeding women are not meeting what's considered adequate. And actually in doing, you know, some of my research for Australian eggs is that actually the European standards put the adequate intake higher. So I think there's a lot we don't know about choline and about the exact requirements that we have. So, you know, we have to sort of make sure that women are really getting in good quantity to make sure we're covering all bases. Because like other nutrients, some women will need more than others. It's never exactly the same amount. Um, So although that adequate intake is is hopefully covering most women, you know, I I would sort of just urge caution and keep your eye on this space as as we grow in our understanding of exactly what Colleen's doing, where we're getting it from, how well we're absorbing it. And how much we actually need, so it's you know it's a fairly um I won't say it's an arbitrary, but it's it's you know there there's more work to be done to really try and find out exactly how much we need.
1: yeah, so it's it's early days as with so many of the topics that we're talking about these days, early days of research um, as as we're uncovering more information. so, if, if dietitians aren't that familiar with choline and requirements and requirements in pregnancy, chances are pregnant women are even less aware of choline. So how can we get um, pregnant women and lactating women, I guess, as well to increase their choline intake? How do we address that?
2: Yeah, well, this is a nutrient um, that is not easily found in diet. It is found in a range of different foods, but not in very high quantities. And so eggs really are standout. And when we look at that same research study, actually looked at where are the dietary sources in Australian diets and eggs, you know, were are providing about 17% of, of the choline that's present. But when they looked at, you know, we we know that most pregnant breastfeeding women aren't getting to their adequate intake. Their average or it was actually their median to be correct. The median intake of eggs was only about 2.6 eggs a week. So what this research identified is if we can get pregnant women to eat an extra egg a day so that they have at least six eggs, but they can certainly have more in their week, then that would raise the percentage of women reaching that adequate intake up to 80%. And that's what you know where we're starting to get to. So you know, just for for term of reference, just two eggs gives about 74% of the adequate intake of choline for pregnant women um, and about 59% for lactating women. So it's getting them, you know, three quarters of the way there simply by having a serve of two eggs. And that to me is, I mean, one of the reasons I love eggs so much is a food I can recommend to people is that one, it's affordable. I mean, that's what a lot of us dietitians are having to talk about in the media at the moment is the affordability of food as our food prices are climbing. So I think it's really important that when we're making these kind of recommendations uh, that we make sure that it's affordable and it's an easy food for women to get into their diets. And eggs is just ticking the boxes for that. And not only that, but eggs is, is such an excellent source of choline. It's you know, undoubtedly right up there as being one of the best and richest sources of choline in the diet. But it's also supplying lots of those other nutrients mm. that are so essential. Um, and I think lots of pregnant women shy away from using eggs because they're worried about you know, what sort of, I don't know, lists, uh, E. coli or salmonella or whatever, various bugs that, that in the past they've been told to be careful yes,
1: with. Yes, I think um, eggs have had a bad rap probably over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years, if that. I mean, I, I certainly know that going back to ancient history when I was pregnant, it wasn't even a thing. We didn't even, like, no one talked <laughs> about avoiding eggs. Um, but now going out for lunch or breakfast with someone who's pregnant, it's a better indicator than, Avoiding alcohol is if they ask for a (laughs) (laughs) um, a non-egg breakfast, Um, but so they have had a bit of a bad rap. So, and I wonder whether that's contributed to the poorer intake um, of choline. So, what are what are our guidance to pregnant women around consuming
2: eggs? yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. That that may well be why pregnant women are are eating, uh, you know, not eating as many eggs as we as we might like them to. So I think part of our job as dietitians is to reassure pregnant women that eggs are actually an incredibly nutrient dense and valuable food to be including uh, while they're pregnant and while they're breastfeeding, as well as as for the rest of their life. But during that really essential vital period of life. And all they need to know is that you cook your egg through. So yes, no runny yolks, just make sure you've cooked your egg through. So, you know, no runny poached eggs. Um, But as long as you're complying with those food safety guidelines. So I would be making sure pregnant women aren't making a homemade mayo or smoothie or something that they're throwing a raw egg into. We don't want them to do that. We want to earn the safe side, but provided the eggs are cooked properly, then they're, they're an absolutely excellent food. So perhaps this sort of comes in stages. It's making pregnant women and breastfeeding women aware of the nutrition of eggs and the valuable uh, nutrients, including choline, that they provide, and then giving them some guidance as to how they can use them and and reassuring them that if they're well-cooked, you know, so they can make frittatas, Hard boiled eggs are, are great. I had hard boiled eggs in my sandwich for lunch today. You know, going back to some of those foods, sliced egg, hard boiled egg on a, on a cracker is a great snack in the afternoon or, or even just eating a hard boiled egg on its own. But frittatas and quiches and baked eggs and shashuka, as long as you cook that, that yolk, these are all brilliant easy meals uh, for us to put together. And then once they've got an infant, they're getting into that weaning stage and and they've got young children, then again, eggs are a really great food for for these kids to, to be including. Allergies, of course, accepted. But, you know, so it's bringing back the egg into, you know, I think eggs had this double whammy of... Is there a danger of, of, you know, foodborne infections plus the sort of concern there was about heart health? And now we've got reassurance on, on all sides there that not only are eggs great for heart health, overall health, they're providing these nutrients that are essential for brain development and brain health throughout life. So it's really, you know, eggs are making a big comeback, I think. <laughs> I wonder, I <laughs> wonder I'm, if that, I'm happy.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that holds relevance um, slightly outside the topic, but to aged care. Um, because we've seen a lot of uh, food safety concerns over providing eggs to older adults as well um, and yeah. taking it out of their diet, you're also going to be compromising choline intake, which you can only hypothesise that is also going to be detrimental in that population um, as That's well.
2: That's right. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, there was no no doubt in my mind reading the research on brain health with, with choline and I wasn't, for my book, I wasn't particularly looking at pregnancy. I was talking about brain health. Especially into later life, and so yes, it is. It's amazing how this really is a nutrient that has flown under the radar, and we've not given it the attention that it deserves. Um, and yeah, I think you know, starting to look at how we ensure that people are getting the other thing. I think that I haven't mentioned actually is that that is really important is that pregnant women think that if they take a pregnancy supplement, of which there are many. And there's ones that are also targeted for, you know, if it's not targeted for specifically pregnancy and breastfeeding, it's both separately. These don't include choline. And, and there's a manufacturing reason for that. You know, they can't get choline in in the right form along with all of these other nutrients. So it's not included in those pregnancy supplements. And I think a lot of women think, oh, I'm fine. It doesn't really matter what I'm eating as long as I'm taking my supplement. So, you know, I think we need to also make them aware that those supplements don't cover everything. You know, they're not yeah. giving- all the things that your body needs. It's very hard to put total nutrition in a capsule.
1: Um, um, yeah, and I was thinking, you know, the similarities possibly between like choline and vitamin D, for example. Vitamin D, you know, you don't have great food sources necessarily, but of course you can get it from sun. So go outside and you can yes. get it like that. And choline, not so much. So we are reliant on food um, to get that um, intake. Um, and as you said, the, the levels of choline across most foods is actually
2: quite low. It is, particularly, and it's one of those nutrients that is, you know, is especially good and, you know, vegetarians are prepared to eat eggs. But we do have a problem when you get to vegans. So if you've also got a vegan uh, pregnant mom or breastfeeding mom, then, you know, this is definitely a nutrient I would be highlighting and and showing that this is really of concern because it is animal foods that tend to be the better sources. We do get some choline and some vegetables, grains and legumes, but not very much at all. It'd be pretty hard to meet your choline requirements so you know as well as all those other nutrients we have to think about then you know choline is one that needs to be rightfully top of mind.
1: Yes and so from the the research um that was commissioned by SAMRI and and conducted by SAMRI were there any other sort of main key findings that we should be aware of there?
2: Um, yeah, what else did they say? Well, um, well, one was just highlighting the fact that eggs were such an important source of choline. Um, but they also, you know, it's that idea that in order to to get yourself close to meeting the adequate um, intake of choline, it was pretty easy. So adding that one extra egg a day was what was so important. And that got well, the percentage of women with adequate choline intakes increased from 39 percent up to 80 percent. So it pretty much doubled the number of women who were managing to, to make their adequate intake so that was pretty important and so the key message that the researchers came out was that women consuming at least six eggs a week they were seven times more likely to meet their adequate intake recommendation for choline so that's pretty fantastic you know it's you know just encouraging an egg a day or having a serve of eggs a serving is classified as two eggs so you know having two large eggs which provides about 74% of that adequate intake so even if they were alternating between having eggs for breakfast one day and then having perhaps a you know porridge or muesli or whatever else they're having on the alternate day so even getting them having that serve of two eggs every other day is enough and I shouldn't just say for breakfast I mean eggs is one of those foods that can be lunch it can be snacks It can be a quick, quick easy dinner. You know, um, I, I was looking at a recipe today that was a gorgeous sort of Asian-style broth soup with hard-boiled eggs on the top with noodles and wontons, and it looked fabulous. So, you know, I think that's what's so great about eggs. It's not hard for people to either get one egg a day or have a serving of two eggs every other day. And then, you know, they're balancing that up with all the other foods that we need to include in our diet. And that gets them a long way towards meeting their their choline requirements.
1: Yeah, so... Um, as usual, when we're sort of looking at trying to um, finish off these podcasts, it's looking at what's your, what's your key takeout for dietitians? A dietitian is about to, her next client's about to walk through the door. Yeah. She's pregnant. She's coming for dietary advice. What, what's the message that we should be um, giving the dietitian to give to her patient?
2: Yeah. Well, the first thing I would be doing is have choline on your list of nutrients that you want to kind of try to get an idea about whether or not somebody is meeting those requirements. So for pregnancy and breastfeeding, of course, yes, you want to be looking at their iron levels and you want to be thinking about iodine. Have they taken their folate and are they taking any pregnancy supplements? But put choline on your list and then ask the patients about do they eat eggs are they prepared to eat eggs? Do they understand that eggs are safe uh, for pregnancy and that yes, they are, provided that they've, of course, cooked them through? And then let them know. You know, I think dietitians can spread, help to spread this word about the importance of choline. For the own brain, for the health, for a healthy pregnancy, and for that brain and spinal cord development in the in the, the growing infant, um, and knowing that a serve of eggs gets them, you know, three quarters of the way there to meeting their their adequate intake, and then making them aware that if they're breastfeeding, they actually need a few more, you know. So I think it's a choline is they have to understand it's an essential nutrient. It's required by mum and baby. Um, it's transported in the breast milk. So if they're breastfeeding and they're having a good intake of choline, it ensures it gets through to the child. And they have to get it from their diet because choline is not in the regular pregnancy and breastfeeding multivitamins and minerals that are, that are on our market. So that's what's really important for them to understand. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's great. Give them resources and, and recipes and so on to use eggs so that they feel confident about how many they have to, to get into their week.
1: And I guess, keep an eye out for emerging research because there's bound to be more coming out um, about choline and its function. So um, keep an <laughs> eye out on Absolutely. the literature. So, and we would also um, like to say, Australian eggs um, also have a number of choline resources on their website. So we'll add a link in the show notes so that if anyone's listening, wants to get more information about those, they can they can have a look at the resources available. But thank you so much for your time today, Joanna. As always, incredibly informative. Um, and help us to understand another yet another emerging area of research and we'd also like to thank Australian Eggs for supporting the podcast today so thanks for your time Jaima. thanks Jean
0: to get all of the links and resources we discussed in this episode you can go to dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts and if you'd like to support the dietitian connection podcast please leave a review and a rating on the Apple Podcasts app. Tell us what you thought of this episode, what you learnt, and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes. We value hearing from you and we really appreciate your feedback. So please, please hit that review button.